Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today is the 13th day of December. So good to be here with you as we are winding our way, counting down just the last few days we have, not only in the month of December, but the last few days of this entire year and this entire journey through the Bible in chronological order long readings this week, so we are going to jump right in and get started. Today we're reading Acts chapters 24 through 26, and this week we're reading the voice translation, Acts chapter 24. The high priest Ananias came north to Caesarea five days later, accompanied by some elders and an attorney named Tertullus. They explained their case to Felix without Paul present. When Paul was brought in, Tertullus launched into an accusation. Most excellent Felix, through your esteemed leadership, we have enjoyed a long and happy peace. Your foresight and governance has brought many reforms for the people I represent. We always and everywhere welcome every thought of you with high and deep gratitude. But knowing how busy you are and how limited your time must be, I beg you to hear us briefly present our case to you with the legendary graciousness for which you are known everywhere. Here are the facts. This man is a disease to the body, politic. He agitates trouble in Jewish communities throughout our empire as a ringleader of the heretical sect known as the Nazarenes. He even tried to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. Our aim was to try him by the Jewish law, but Commandant Lysias interfered and removed this man from our control. Because of his meddling, you are now forced to hear those making the accusation. You will find through your own examination that everything we say of Paul is true. The Jewish opponents present added their vigorous testimony in support of the lawyer's opening statement. The governor didn't say anything, but he motioned for Paul to speak. I am happy now to make my defense to you, sir, knowing that you have been a judge over this nation for many years. Just 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship, as you can easily verify. I wasn't arguing with anyone in the temple. I wasn't stirring up a crowd in any of the synagogues. I wasn't disturbing the peace of the city in any way. They did not find me doing these things in Jerusalem, nor can they prove that I have done any of these things of which they have accused me. But I can make this confession. I believe everything established by the law and written in the prophets, and I worship the God of our ancestors according to the way which they call a heretical sect. Here is my crime. I have a hope in God that there will be a resurrection of both the just and unjust, which my opponents also share. Because of this hope, I always do my best to live with a clear conscience toward God and all people. I have been away for several years, so recently I brought gifts for the poor of my nation and offered sacrifices. When they found me, I was not disturbing anyone, nor was I gathering a crowd. No, I was quietly completing the rite of purification. Some Jews from Asia are the ones who started the disturbance, and if they have an accusation, they should be here to make it. But these men here have some crime they have found me guilty of when I stood before their council, they should present it. Perhaps my crime is that I spoke this one sentence in my testimony before them. 
I am on trial here today because I have hope that the dead are raised. Felix was quite knowledgeable about the way. He adjourned the preliminary hearing. When Lysias, the commandant, comes to Caesarea, I will decide your case. He then ordered the officer to keep Paul in custody, but to permit him some freedom and to allow any of his friends to take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix sent for Paul and gave him an opportunity to speak about faith in the Anointed One. Felix was accompanied by his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. As Paul spoke of justice, self-control, and the coming judgment, Felix became fearful. That's enough for now. When I have time, I will send for you again. They had a number of conversations of this sort, but Felix actually was hoping that, by having frequent contact with him, Paul might offer him a bribe. As a favor to the Jews, he did nothing to resolve the case and left Paul in prison for two years. Then Felix completed his assignment as governor. Porcius Festus succeeded him. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus traveled south from Caesarea to Jerusalem. The chief priests and Jewish leaders still had a plan to kill Paul and give a report to Festus about their unresolved grievances against Paul. They suggested that as a favor to them, Festus should move Paul to Jerusalem. Of course, this was part of the plan to set an ambush for Paul and kill him en route. Festus instead offered to reopen the case. He would be going back to Caesarea soon. So let your leaders accompany me and bring your accusations against the man. Eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat in court. He ordered Paul to be brought before him. The Jewish opponents from Jerusalem immediately surrounded Paul and from all directions bombarded him with all sorts of serious charges, none of which could be proven. In no way have I committed any offense against Jewish law, against the Jewish temple, and all it represents, or against the emperor. Here Festus saw an opportunity to do just the favor Paul's Jewish opponents had requested. Would you like to have your trial in Jerusalem? I'd be willing to try your case there. If I had committed a capital offense, I would accept my punishment. But I'm sure it's clear to you that I have done no wrong to the Jews, since their charges against me are completely empty. It would be wrong to turn me over to them. No, I do not wish to go to Jerusalem. I am appealing to the court of the emperor in Rome. Festus conferred privately with his council and returned with this decision. You have appealed to the emperor, so to the emperor you will go. Several days later, the provincial king Agrippa arrived in Caesarea with his wife Bernice to welcome the new governor. Their visit lasted several days, which gave Festus the chance to describe Paul's case to the king. Felix left me some unfinished business involving a prisoner named Paul. When I was in Jerusalem, I got an earful about him from the chief priests and Jewish elders. They wanted me simply to decide against him, but I informed them that we Romans don't work that way. We don't condemn a person accused of a crime unless the accusers present their case in person, so the accused has ample opportunity to defend himself against the charge. I arranged for them to come here for a proper hearing. In fact, the first day after I returned to Caesarea, I took my seat in court and heard his case without delay. 
contrary to my expectations, the accusers brought no substantial charges against him at all. Instead, they were bickering about their own religious beliefs related to a fellow named Jesus who had died, but whom Paul claimed was raised to life again. I had no idea how to handle a religious squabble pretending to be a legal case, so I suggested Paul be taken to Jerusalem so he could be tried on Jewish turf, so to speak. But Paul refused, and instead he appealed to be kept in custody, so the case could be referred to his imperial majesty. So I have held him until we can arrange to send him to the emperor. This sounds interesting. I'd like to hear this fellow in person. You will then. We'll bring him in tomorrow. The next day, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the Great Hall with great formality, accompanied by the military commanders and the city's leading men. Festus ordered Paul to be brought before them. King Agrippa and all our honored guests, here is the man who has been charged with wrongdoing by the Jewish community, both in Jerusalem and here. They yelled for his execution, but I found him guilty of no capital offense. Then he appealed to our imperial majesty, so I have agreed that he will be sent to Rome. Here is where I need your help. I can't send a man to our emperor without a letter logically detailing the charges against him, but I have no idea what to write. So King Agrippa, and to all of you honored guests, I am requesting your help in determining what to write in my letter to the emperor. Go ahead. You may speak for yourself. Paul, extending his hand. I am indeed fortunate to be standing before you, King Agrippa, to humbly defend myself against accusations from my Jewish opponents. You are extraordinarily familiar with Jewish customs and controversies, so I beg your patience as I begin. My way of life is well known to the whole Jewish community, how I have lived in the Jewish community abroad and in Jerusalem. If they are willing to speak, they themselves will tell you something they have long known, that I was a member of the strictest sect of our religion and lived for many years as a Pharisee. But now I am on trial here for this simple reason. I have hope. I have hope rooted in a promise God made to our ancestors. All our twelve tribes have hope in this promise. They express their hope as they worship day and night. How strange it is, then, Your Excellency, that I am accused by the Jews of having hope. Why would any of you think it is absurd to have hope that God raises the dead? As you know, we're talking specifically about Jesus of Nazareth. For a long time, I was convinced that I should work against that name. I opposed it in Jerusalem. I received authorization from the chief priests to lock many of his followers in prison. When they were threatened with execution, I voted against them. I would find them in synagogues across Jerusalem and try to force them to blaspheme. My fury drove me to pursue them to foreign cities as well. On one occasion, I was traveling to Damascus, authorized and commissioned by the chief priests, to find and imprison more of his followers. It was about midday, Your Excellency, when I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the noonday sun, shining around my companions and me. We all fell to the ground in fear, and then I heard a voice. The words were in Aramaic. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When you kick against the cattle prods, you're only hurting yourself. 
I asked, Lord, where are you? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Get up now and stand upright on your feet. I have appeared to you for a reason. I am appointing you to serve me. You are to tell my story and how you have now seen me, and you are to continue to tell the story in the future. I will rescue you from your Jewish opponents and from the outsiders, for it is to the outsiders I am sending you. It will be your mission to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. This is so that they may receive forgiveness of all their sins and have a place among those who are set apart for a holy purpose through having faith in me. King Agrippa, I did not disobey this vision from heaven. I began in Damascus, then continued in Jerusalem, then throughout the Judean countryside, then among the outsiders, telling everyone they must turn from their past and toward God and align their deeds and way of life with this new direction. So then, this is my crime. This is why my Jewish opponents seized me that day in the temple and tried to kill me. God has helped me right up to this very moment, so I can stand here telling my story to both the humble and the powerful alike. I only say what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the anointed one must suffer, and then, by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to both Jews and outsiders. You've gone crazy, Paul. You've read one book too many and have gone insane. No, most excellent Festus. I am not insane. I am telling the sane and sober truth. The king understands what I'm talking about, which is why I could speak so freely to him. None of these things have been covered up and hidden away in a corner, so I'm sure none of these things have escaped his notice. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you must believe. Paul, have you so quickly moved on from defending yourself to trying to persuade me to become a Christian? Whether I have done so quickly or not, I pray to God that not only you, but also everyone who is listening to me today might become what I am, minus these chains. The king stood to leave at this point, along with Festus, Bernice, and all those who had been seated. And as they left, everyone was saying the same thing. This man isn't doing anything deserving death. He shouldn't even be in prison. This man could have been released completely, if he had not appealed to the emperor. Let's read from the God of your story today, just to orient us to the story. Paul had the opportunity to share the gospel while defending himself against the accusation of the Jewish religious leaders. His audience was the newly appointed Roman governor, Festus, King Herod Agrippa II, and the king's sister, Bernice, with whom it is speculated that the king had an incestuous relationship. Agrippa and Bernice were siblings of Drusilla, the wife of the previous governor, Felix, with whom Paul had spent so much time. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? King Agrippa II asked Paul when he concluded his testimony. Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God, that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. Once again, it's important to note that Paul was allowed 
and invited to speak the truth of the gospel to some of the most influential people in the entire world of his time. He openly shared Jesus with two Roman governors, the Jewish High Council, the king, and two of the king's sisters. He didn't get starstruck. He didn't try to mastermind his own freedom. He unflinchingly shared the good news, even though he was a prisoner. And it was his imprisonment that had opened the door to this interaction. What we have in the example of the Apostle Paul is a good look at complete devotion to Jesus, the kind of loyalty that can only be born out of intimate relationship. Paul's testimony brought disruption everywhere he went because it forced a reinterpretation of ancient customs and rituals, but it also revealed God's loving heart and personal interest in the restoration of humanity. Paul experienced the same reactions that Jesus himself faced because this is what awakening elicits. May we remember that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead and compelled Paul to such devotion is also the spirit who is available to guard and guide our lives as we continue to bring light and good news to our world. Jesus, thank you for being here with us again today. May we no devotion to you in a way that we have never explored before, that we have never experienced, that we have never given ourselves to before. We know you as Savior. We know you as Rescuer. We know you as a very present help in time of need sometimes. But sometimes we fail to see you, recognize, and make you Lord of all. So I pray that would be our prayer today. And we would sit and contemplate what making you Lord of our entire life would look like. Making ourselves fully devoted to you. Thank you for wanting to be that to us. I pray this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily Audio Bible, that's home base. Check it on out. If you have not, that's the website. Take a look around. You can download the app if you have not yet. Speaking of app, uh, thank you so much, all of you who have participated in the Christmas album vinyl initiative to further the technology going forward. There is still time for you to get in on that at this Christmas holiday $25 gets you any one vinyl and there's any variation increment of 25 up to five so you may purchase one through five albums vintages made such a, a comeback such a collector type thing they make wonderful Christmas presents and there are five beautiful titles to choose from and the five are the Sleep Album, the Heart Album, Christmas Time by Maxwell Harden, the Family Christmas Album, and Promised Land, which is the soundtrack to the Promised Land DVD that we carry in the store as well. Of course, any of the music, coffees, journals, uh, daily audio Bible streetwear can also be gifted and found at the daily audio Bible store. If you would like to partner with us, we thank you so much for your participation. 
every gift matters and we are so grateful for the partnership of carrying this forward if you are giving by mail dab po box 1996 spring hill tennessee 37174 or utilizing the app you can hit the give icon up at the top right hand corner after you open it and lastly look for the give icon on the website if you need prayer if you'd like to pray for someone that has previously called in several different ways for you to do so 800-583-2164 that's of course for chronological or once again utilizing the mobile app hit the red circle button you have two minutes on the prayer line hit submit at the end turn the wheel over to chronological and it will get to the right place that's it for me today i'm jill It is truly an honor and a joy to be here with you. I look forward to turning the page with you together tomorrow. Until then, love one another. Hello, this is Daughter of the Silversmith. I hope everyone is well, and I'm praying for all of you that have been calling in. I just haven't called in myself in a while. I'm asking you guys to lift up my friend Sherry. She has fibromyalgia and is in constant pain and is the only one working in her home and so she feels like she has to work all the overtime she can just being in constant pain i pray that you'll pray for her that she will be relieved of fibromyalgia and please pray for my friend jennifer that um, she is such a woman of god but she needs a mindset to be able to do things and not get distracted and not be she can't finish things because she gets distracted and my friend Kristen and her husband Jake they are split up right now pray for them he was a very godly man at one point in their marriage but not so much now just more of a a Disney dad show up for church show up for wild games and everybody gets to see him and he's just gets all the compliments you know well he's always here he's always there so please pray for him because i've loved him so much and i still do but i know he can become the man he was at one point and leave his family again thank you all and i love you in jesus name amen good morning d-a-b-c uh people i my name is sylvia from Nebraska, and I'm calling in for prayers for my bonus daughter. She's pregnant with their second baby, and she's been having some health challenges. Uh, Now she's having uh, problems with her eye, inflammation and pressure. She can't see out of one eye. And I just would like prayers sent up for her, for her to be able to uh, stay healthy and strong and that the doctors, after she has her MRI, can um, see what the problem is and uh, and know what to do to, to, to for her to regain her full eyesight again and, um, and to just put a, and for God to put a, his hand over this little family to keep them uh, healthy and strong and uh, 
and in the faith uh, to give my son the uh, the knowledge he needs and the strength he needs to help along and, and for a granddaughter or daughter, their daughter to stay healthy and strong and uh, to be able to uh, get through this. Uh, the baby's due in May and um, and we're just praying for a healthy baby. If you could pray for, for this, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Mm, bye.